All right. Good afternoon, men. It is so good to see you all. And it's a virtual see because uh, webinar, you don't have your cameras on. And so I just trust that you're there. It is really great uh, to be with you this first mission brief for 2023, January. So I am accompanied by my impossibly lovely wife, Christina. So we are blessed to have her here. Uh, we're going to be talking about returning to intimacy, restoring intimacy, experiencing a redeemed intimacy, um, especially as we prepare for Valentine's Day. And so before we get going, I just want everybody to weigh in on the chat with where they're uh, joining from uh, geographically, and we can get started that way. There'll be a few more chat exercises as we go through this, and as always, you come up with questions, throw those in the chat as well. But before we get started in earnest, let's go ahead and pray in here. Hey, God, thank you so much for today, Lord. Thank you for um, these folks that will get together on a Friday afternoon um, and just talk about what you're doing in their lives and talk about where we need you a lot more in our lives. Um, God, we understand that the only way to truly do this recovery piece is with you in the center of it. In and of ourselves, we have no capability. As we'll discuss in the meeting, God, you are at the middle of all this. So in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome, men. It's good to see you. Uh, happy 2023. I love seeing the chat open up and we're seeing some brothers signing on. Uh, it's always good to see where people are coming from. If this is your first time, I just want to reassure you that whatever's being typed in the chat box uh, is private, that this is this meeting is recorded, but that conversation is not. So that's a safe place for you to reach out to brothers while we're talking and ask them questions, um, questions about the content we're sharing, questions about your own personal life. The chat box is a safe place for you. And even if your name does pop up, it's only going to be the men that are in this webinar that can see it. So if you do have a question for Lamar and I, I just want to encourage you to go to the Q&A button at the bottom of the screen and because it's hard for us to keep up with the chat while um, teaching. And so if we will get a notification saying there's a question in the Q&A, if it's something that you would like for us to address live. So if you do post a question in that chat box and it doesn't get answered by someone, no worries, we save it and look at it together, Lamar and I do, and just keep your question there and we'll send you an email and just start a dialogue, so. All right, well guys, uh, for the first chat exercise, by the way, I'm seeing folks from Hungary, Scotland, Canada, Belgium, wow. we've got Antigua, probably the smallest you know, landmass. Um, that's a little island in the, in the Caribbean, I believe. Yeah. And so, and don't forget Idaho. Yeah, we have we, I, the foreign country of Idaho. So sorry, Doug, it had to be done. Uh, Love you. Yeah, go, go say hi to your other five Idaho you know, natives there, and, and you know, tell them Soul Refiner's thinking about them. That's so, right. Uh, just wonderful to see it uh, really going global here. But most importantly, we see the Jacksonville, Florida participant there. Thank you so much. That is our hometown. Go yes. Jaguars. Uh, let's beat the Chargers again tomorrow night. To the Super Bowl all the way. <laughs> was was she, that family enough? I, <laughs> I, I think she thinks that the Jaguars are a baseball team. So Oh, they're not, it's not the Super Bowl? <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's the right sport, baby. So Okay, all right. Anyway, guys, for this first exercise on the chat, what I really like to hear from guys uh, regarding is where did Jesus come through during the holidays for you personally? And you and your, and, and your redeemed relationships with the people around you, the ones that you might have hurt through your sexual sin, sexual stronghold. Where did you truly see Christ? And then what during the holidays did, did you miss on? How, how did you 
let something go by that you, you could have really made a big difference on, but you missed it and it, it caused some, some more hurt there. This is a safe spot, guys. This is the community that we talk about. This is where you can come in recovery and, and get wisdom and then also give others wisdom. And, and that's from the experience of others where we gain that. We don't necessarily have to go through all of the yuck ourselves, especially when someone else steps in it. We can learn from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's beautiful. We had a chance this morning to talk to your lovely brides and I have to commend them. They are incredible women who were thirsty to feel more connected sexually, emotionally, and spiritually with you. Uh, And that just offered me so much encouragement, the questions we were getting, uh, a lot of them saying, yes, I don't feel what we call the usness. And I'll just quickly touch on that. The usness is when things are great. It's when two should become one or when two become one uh, the way God intended. We know when the usness is good. When the usness is good, I throw my leg over him in bed and we want to hold hands together. We snuggle, we lift each other up, we encourage one another. But when the usness isn't there, when it's fractured, you can sense that too. It's frigid in the room. People have to walk around on eggshells. There's just kind of a, a tenseness and, a, and, and, and you know just kind of this oh no, the shoe's going to drop kind of feeling. What kind of household do you want to live in? Do you want to live in a household where it's cold and frigid or warm and inviting? And what do you want to display to your kids? That's the bottom line here. Do you want to have a house filled with intimacy and love? Or do you want to pass down to them what a marriage looks like where it's just frigid and ice cold living on two opposite sides of the house? Yeah. Mm. So again in the chat if you want to this is a spot where you can put in you know some of your victories over the holidays um also you can put in some of the stuff where you might have missed over the holidays and you need jesus to, to get in the middle of that um also you know for another uh, kind of a tipper if you will for the chat valentine's day it's right around the corner it's why we're going to talk about the intimacy part this month because next month it happens this event is going to happen on february 9th i believe which would give you all of five days to get ready for Valentine's Day. That ain't enough, guys. We have five weeks now, so let's nail that down. You know, what does your Valentine's Day ideal look like? And we're going to go through that um, through some of our teaching, through some of our text today. And so I am really happy to see folks starting to populate uh, the chat now with where, where they, they hit it correctly and where they missed it. And so it's so important that we come together and this is actually biblical this is the part where we get to share burdens with one another that's biblical mm-hmm. and then also it's a part where we get to confess our sins one to another and i, I think obviously that's biblical as well and so also you, you see the, the question and answer there i think that we already have our first question uh, thank you very much i don't know if it's a question or just an ethos maybe it's a mission statement i haven't got a chance to read it all the way through yet it's from one of our trusted brothers i believe he's out in colorado thank you Thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm sure it's frigid out there up in the mountains right now, but that is a very warm uh, correspondence and I sincerely appreciate it. And so- um, I wanna say something about that repent, the last thing you said. I think it's beautiful when I hear you on Saturday morning with your brothers and I can only hear your part because you had the headphones on, but I know you provide a place for them to come and share their struggles or to repent to one another. And how beautiful is that? Because, and if you don't have that, I encourage you to find that man, to get in a community, reach out to Lamar, come join him, a place to repent. We are just in love with the gospel right now. And Jesus's first words, repent, 
you know, I mean, repent is used over and over and over again as very important words in the gospel. We can't ignore that. So I just, I love that you, you have this place and you create something for your men. I think that is a huge part to the healing process. All right. Well, thank you so much. So guys, let, let, let's uh, get out your Bibles, open them up, power them up, flip to the app, scroll over, whatever you have to do. And again, Kids Crayon Bible, Teen Action Bible, NSV, ESV, NLT, APB, uh, BOLO, whatever version you're using there. Yeah, not be on the lookout, okay? But whatever version you're using a Bible, we're going to be out of Ephesians 2. We're going to be talking out of Genesis 2. And then we're also going to be talking out of Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon's only got a few chapters, so we'll be all over Song of Solomon, especially as we talk about the ideal earthly marriage. Okay, we have the ideal heavenly marriage, Adam and Eve before the fall. That's going to be part of Genesis 2. But really, we got to get started here understanding where we are now or where we were just a few months ago or where we were just a few years ago before we were either exposed or before we were able to disclose. And so Ephesians 2, 3, to me, really kind of says it all. It's probably the most succinct explanation of what happened with us. And so uh, as we as we talk about this, this is Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. Okay, remember Paul, no greater Christian, wrote a large chunk of the New Testament, no worse sinner. Before he became a Christ follower, he was actually out there killing Christians, men, women, and children. And so this is from Paul to the church at Ephesus, 2-3, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. Okay, so if you're in this meeting, you've probably struggled at some point with sexual sin, sexual integrity, sexual stronghold. Okay, so the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body, and the mind, and we're by nature children of wrath, like the rest of my God, mankind, like the rest of mankind. That means all of us. So if you fall in that, that gigantic bucket of all you do, then that was us, children of wrath. So, I mean, succumbing to the passions of our own flesh and our mind. And so, team, I, I just want to be really clear on this. The devil has three tricks. You remember them offhand? I do. His tricks are lust of the eyes, which is when you want something that is not yours. HDTV is a good example. Uh, lust of the flesh, that's desiring another body sexually um, that doesn't belong to you. And pride of life, which is, I think, one of the sneakiest ones. Because when you get hit with pride, you also get hit with blindness because you don't see it. Yep. And so when, when Paul here is talking about passions of the flesh, really, those are kind of the easy ones. Lust of the eyes and lust of the flesh. God gives us a pretty a pretty succinct recipe on how to deal with that. He talks about either chopping off your hand or gouging out your eye. Okay, so that seems pretty extreme. But really, the one that he's after is your pride of life, I believe. Lust of the eyes and lust of the flesh are, are, are truthfully byproducts of the pride of life. Because in the end, it's that passion of, that we have of our mind. And that passion is really for ourselves. It's for the me, a great buddy of mine, a while back, a guy named Robert, he's, he's in, uh, in, in, been walking with me now for about two and a half, three years. Great dude. He's one of my go-to guys. And Robert one time said that really it's all about me more and now. That is my, that's my issue. I want to feed the me. I want more of it and I want it right now. And so that is the passion of the mind. That, that is the pride of life. 
And until we can really get down to the business of addressing that, we're still going to wind up struggling with lust of the eyes and of the flesh because that pride of life is so prevalent. We think even after recovery, even after redeemed relationships, if we're not careful, we will start thumping our chest and saying, forget about you, Lord, forget about you, family. I think I can do this by myself. And the pride of life is right back taking center stage. And the me, the more, and the now, it ain't far behind. Yeah, I agree. And and something that I tell the ladies is that it's very easy where uh, the pride that overcame you and, and your decisions that you had to, um, I need, uh, I want, I desire, so I will take um, that same pride she can struggle with then in recovery, where it's, I, I'm too scared, I don't want this, I don't need this, and I don't want to have this. Um, and that can easily become um, a battle that she has to face. Uh, and, and, and battle with too. So it takes a tremendous amount of grace on both parts in this journey. If you want the usness, it's not just humility. Humility is a huge part of it. I believe the humility is the glue. It's making your deal a big, bigger deal than my deal. But it goes past that. It's when the other one can't give you that grace. Like we see in the chat, someone sharing um, a, an example. Um, you know, that they're, they're considering getting back together, Lamar, but um, she has this support system in place and he's fearful that if they come back together and he messes anything up, um, she's scared that she's then going to get the see I told you so. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that is a real fear women face. Like, I don't want to be a doormat. I don't want this to happen to me again. I don't, I mean, what is the expression? Fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. I mean, just, it's, the world is going to tell her some things like tigers don't change their stripes and, and once a cheat, always a cheat. There's so much worldly stuff out there. But if you are going to make a go of it, my advice is do recovery together. Uh, that's where you're going to learn what it looks like to be graceful to one another, to demonstrate humility to one another, how to build empathy and how to communicate with one another. You cannot just figure this out on your own. Lamar and I, we tried that, didn't we? Oh. We, we did months where we just white knuckled it and thought, mm, if we just love each other more, we'll yeah. get depression. Didn't work. It did not work. We could not muster up enough in us to get passion out of us. Yeah, so just to give you guys an understanding, there's about 50 different um, discrete, I guess, addresses in the meeting right now, mm -hmm. participants. And so we have men that are all over the map in terms of recovery. Uh, one of these brothers in here I just read, it, apparently he was just exposed uh, on Christmas, mm -hmm. on Christmas Eve, it looks like. Oh, and boy. so what Christina just talked about um, is where we'll, we'll kind of drop anchor here for a few minutes and talk about what does that look like? What does the very beginning look like? And it, it's not going to be easy, first off. It's simple and it's straightforward, but it ain't easy. And anybody that's going to tell you that, oh, you just wave a Harry Potter wand over this and it's going to be all, all hunky-dory here in about five milliseconds, they're lying to you. And so in the beginning, what happened to us is that we decided we just weren't even going to broach the subject. Right. We're not even going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. We're just going to table the issues. And just uh, initially we did it because we were too scared. I didn't want to know what else was there. I wanted to think it was just the one affair partner that had been murdered and she was out of the picture. Um, but I didn't want to know that there was also 
uh, what later discovered the porn addiction, the masturbation, the other emotional affairs, the other physical affairs. I didn't want to know that. I, I didn't even know, we didn't even know if we were going to work. So then once I got even just a little part of the truth, we did table the issues and we just said, well, let's just see if we even like each other, if it's even worth it. But then we had to get to a place where we had to dive deep into the recovery. And the gentleman whose um, affair was exposed on Christmas Eve, I love, love what he said after that. He said, it's a gift. It's a gift for a new start, for a new beginning together. And I agree with you. Once everything is out, that is a sweet, sweet gift for both of you. I mean, you learn in the Conquer series, you're only as sick as, as your secrets. But same with her. She is going to remain sick and continue to get sicker as long as there's secrets. So yes, God did give you a sweet gift if you revealed everything, if you disclosed everything, and you now have this opportunity to see all the damage around you and to see what you have to work with and to see if there's hope of rebuilding. That is a sweet gift that, that you both need for recovery. Yeah, so Christina mentioned it earlier, we attempted to white knuckle just as a couple, our, our marital recovery. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing as far as my individual recovery. Uh, I thought because we were working on the marriage and I had moved back into the house after being separated for almost six months, that that was that was recovery you know i was no longer having physical affairs uh, disregard the fact that i was still strung out on porn i was still carrying on emotional affairs i had not broken contact with all the the others that were out there um, and it was still a disaster but you know what we grabbed a francis chan book you and me forever and we really went down the right path you know, completely un uh, completely unafraid and alone and we missed and so we, we languished for about five months before we did probably the biggest step possible. And we got some community. We got some other folks around us that have been through something similar, not exact. Nobody's nobody is going to be exactly the same as you, but we're all about 90 percent similar. And so that was probably the biggest thing. So let me encourage you, if you're in the early stages of your recovery, to get some community to find out maybe somebody's a week or two ahead of you. That's enough. They don't have to be eight years in, in, you know, in the bag in terms of purity and togetherness as a couple. If they're a little bit ahead of you, that's good enough. Maybe you'll catch them. <laughs> Maybe you'll be leading them eventually. Maybe you'll catch the people at eight years because they don't have it all figured out either. And so just let me encourage you in that. Get some community around you. Find some folks that are like-minded. And then as a man, if it's, been, if it's been your sexual sin, your sexual stronghold, get some other brothers around you finally at least tell one or two guys everything about you so that way moving forward that can help hold you accountable and transparent yeah that community is just so beautiful we saw it um this morning uh when we were sharing with the ladies and i started sharing something that i struggled with in the way of not being able to feel uh, sexually attracted to lamar and being intimate and wanting to have um uh, that connection, I started pushing them away. And we had woman after woman say, me too, me too. What did you do? It wasn't, we didn't sit there and bash. I didn't bash Lamar. They didn't start bashing their husbands and saying, well, if you knew what they did. And uh, no, that's not healthy community takes a problem. And, and if it's a healthy community, it's going to find the answer right here in the gospel. And they're gonna go straight to the word and find out what does Jesus say? What are we called to do here? And that's what we did. And it was a beautiful, beautiful picture. And so that's what I'm excited about doing here today too, Lamar. Mm -hmm. so, so head on over to Genesis 2. Genesis 2, mm -hmm. we are gonna talk about 
why God did what he did with Adam and Eve and really um, what it should look like. And this is the garden marriage. You'll hear me say sometimes about the garden marriage. What was it like? Well, we only get two chapters to figure it out because by chapter three, we had gooned it all up um, and we're still paying that price for it. And so we'll start with Genesis 2, Genesis 2, 18. And it says, then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. So th th there's a nudge number one to community. Okay, the second part of the verse, I will make him a helper fit for him. All right, so I don't know about y'all, but growing up, whenever I heard that uh, in, in some of the readings through either Sunday school or when I was at high school or going through church services, or even as a 20 or 30 something, I heard helper, helpmate. Uh, sometimes guys look at that as like, a, man, I don't need that kind of help. I don't necessarily want that kind of help. I don't want somebody telling me what to do all the time. Well, in the Hebrew, this helper that he talks about, actually, it's very accustomed to a healthy adversary and not the adversary like the enemy, but like a healthy mirror. Because I don't know about y'all, but as men, we have this tendency to look in the mirror and think, oh, yeah, I don't care how old you are. If you're 75, 80 years old, you're still looking in the mirror going, oh, yeah, still got it going on. And she's there to say, like, no, 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 here's what you really are. Here's what, it, here's what you really see seem to be outwardly. Not what you perceive yourself to be, but here's what you are. That's what that means. Yeah, it, it's very interesting that in the addiction, um, while you are traveling, when you're taking those steps towards sin, um, lust, um, the affairs, the looking at the porn, um, those kinds of things, um, there's a lot of shame there. And, and, and there's a lot of, um, you don't like the person you become. And so the mere reflection, we are mirror to each other. When Mar looked at me, he saw himself. And do you think he liked the guy that he saw? Absolutely not. And, but he would take that out on me. So I would be repulsive to him. And so, but on, a, on another level there, the personality is superficial. It's not really a mirror. Anybody, you can work, work a room, a crowd, uh, a waitress you just met, someone that doesn't know you well, and you, and if, when they are their mirror, it's very, it's just your personality. Mm -hmm. And that's very endearing. It's very easy to sell your personality. And that's, you, you could work a room, you could, you could connect with anyone, the cashier, you could, I thought it was so charming, but what he was doing was, it was a mirror reflection. You go, he's going, that's the guy, that's, that's the man I like. But as soon as he saw me, I saw his soul. He didn't want to see his soul and that reflection scared him. So he pushed me away. And maybe that resonates with some of you men, why you don't feel intimacy towards your wife. You could be pushing her away because you don't like what you see in her, the mirror, which is really not her, it's you. Men, let, let me encourage you straight away here. Because your wife is still remotely interested in sharing a piece of real estate with you, even if, for, even if it's just for dinner, maybe you're not co-located right now, but she'll still meet you for coffee or for dinner or she will still talk on the phone with you. Because she has any remote interest in you whatsoever, there is hope. And you largely control that. You control that outcome. She's basically telling you there is a chance. And I'm not talking about the Lloyd Christmas chance from, from that old movie, okay? I'm talking about a real chance at a redemptive marriage, not a restorative marriage, not restoration. That implies it's back to ops normal. That's what landed you here in the first place. You want something that's got God redemption all over it. That's what kind of marriage is available to you, but it's largely up to us. 
because she's still interested, she wants to see what God is doing in your life. Are you going to let them? Are you going to let that relationship go to heights you've never even dreamed? And so let me talk about what those heights might even look like for you. Again, we're sticking with Genesis 2. And we're down at 24 and 25. And this, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother. Okay, so if you've got some kind of family entanglements that are getting in the middle of some of your recovery, shelve those. Leave. Okay. Cling and cleave. Okay. You want to hold fast to your wife. Whatever remotely interests her should fascinate the heck out of you. That means that she's going to have to see a whole man theory change. Okay. If you used to speak like a maniac, and that was a little comorbidity to your old sexual sin, slow down, grab a seat over in the far right lane, set the cruise control at the speed limit, and just watch all the crazies go by. That used to be you. So. Yeah, they shall become one flesh. Yes, and hallelujah. Okay, that's what you're after. They shall become one flesh again. That's what it means. It, it means physical intimacy. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. I don't think this was just physical nakedness. I think that was part of it, yes. But they were completely available to each other, fully transparent, no secrets, no lies. And it was beautiful and they were not ashamed. How difficult will that be for us as we go through this recovery process? We got brothers here that are, yep, two weeks into their, their, their recovery. And we got guys here that are 20 plus years. Uh, I believe that Joe is here from Birmingham. Uh, Joe, if you want to weigh in on the chat, Joe has led closing on 100 different conquer groups at this point. He's been through the program that many times. He's probably got more decades of recovery under his belt than some of us have sexual sin. So we have the whole gamut here. I think people flinch when they hear the word recovery. They think recovery means you have to go spend millions of dollars on counselors and lay in a couch and be hypnotized and experience all the psycho mumbo jumbo. Yeah, that that could you could do that or recovery can be fun. Recovery for us. I love when it's the nights that we get to do couples recovery or we get to go to a stronger together meeting or when we sit down and get in the word together. We laugh. We get to know each other. I got to learn why Lamar is the way he is and he got to learn why I am and why I've responded to my this trauma the way I did. You get to know each other in this journey. Have the potential to learn each other in such a new, naked, vulnerable way if you do it right. Mm -hmm. And and you can't do this until you get to that place where it's here I am. Here's all me. I I you you used to say that your greatest fear was um if I knew everything I wouldn't love you. So but it, that what that does is it creates one more lie and one more lie and more and more secret mm -hmm. and one more and and then all of a sudden we're not living a true marriage anyway. Yeah. So we finally got to a place where well this is all of me whether you like it or not this is who I truly am and we chose to stay and, and i'm not saying it, it'll work for everyone god's in the control of every, everything but that freedom from being demonstrating the oneness that god has called us to as husband and wife um it, it's out of obedience it's out of obedience where we're supposed to be transparent as well as demonstrate humility that's exactly right amen uh, and when she mentions that about getting it back and talking about being in recovery, and some people have that, that, that notion that some kind of dirty word, they just kind of flinch at it. Uh, I think we get to do it. And when we can move off that posture of thinking, man, I've, I've got to go to a meeting tonight, too. I get to go to a meeting tonight. 
and I, I get the honor of working with other folks that are going through something similar, it can really change everything. And so for all the guys here in Earshot, advanced recovery is group leadership. And you're either a near term within the next three to six months group leader, or you're a three to six year group leader. But regardless, you're going to be a group leader because once you get this on you, you can't help but, but get it all over everybody else in terms of folks you know that are hurting. And so let me encourage you guys, okay? If you're thinking to yourself that greatest fear from the former addict is if she really knew me, she couldn't possibly love me. That's, that's what the enemy will keep whispering in your ear. Okay, the truth behind that is if she doesn't know you, she can't possibly love you. And so she has to know it all. Okay, for too many years, we made decisions and we did things unilaterally by ourselves without consulting her for our own pleasures, for the me, the more, and the now. And now it's up to her to make some decisions. And there's a huge risk there. It's enormous. She very well could get up and just walk away all, the, all, all together. That's why Christ has to be sufficient for you. You have to understand that I'm not doing this at, a, at a, some response that I'm expecting from her. I'm doing it out of obedience from what Christ did for me on that cross 2,000 years ago. Even though he knew what I was going to do to my family, he knew what kind of wreckage I was going to wreak. Yeah. Once a woman uh, finds out the truth and realizes you've been unfaithful, uh, I can't even begin to tell you what she experiences. And the betrayal trauma, trauma that she goes through, it's very real. Her world does get flipped upside down. Her body shuts down. Uh, many women end up with trauma brain, which is you, you've, you've learned in Conquer series about your brain getting transformed with your sexual sin when you couldn't say no. Her brain does too, against her will. But she didn't ask for this. And, and so her brain gets um, uh, rewired and she becomes a different person. And all of a sudden she's just snapping at everything. She's short, she's, um, she might be angry, you might see bitterness, and that's not the person she wants to be. So guess what? She's looking at the mirror that her husband is holding up when she looks at him. And let's say that's me. I'm seeing a bitter woman and that makes me angry. That makes me angry and it's going to make me push him away even more. So that's why I'm gonna keep pre preaching here, uh, men, grace 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 she has given you grace to even if you have hope to redeem and redeem this marriage and get have a new one you need to give her a lot of grace during this recovery she is going to ask you multiple times what about this what about this or maybe we need this safeguard or maybe you should be doing this and she cannot control your recovery but that's not your place to tell her anytime she asks that she's feeling desperation she she's feeling scared and she's feeling like there's a fracture. She's not feeling the usness. There's something there. We had someone share an example um, um, today about um, a husband that was lusting and she could see that he was lusting and it hurt her. It hurt her deeply. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what happens. It's betrayal all over again. You think, well, no, it's just a look. No, that look, I mean, just reaches into our heart and it just squeezes it and just throws it away. And it just says to us, we say, we're not good enough. We can't satisfy our husbands. We can never compete with what just walked through that door. I am ugly. I'm unworthy. I am worthless. Is that the bride you want standing before God on her judgment day? When he said, why couldn't you help all these people? And she said, because I was so traumatized by my husband and my pain was so it's only thing I could fixate on. Is that what you want 
I mean, as her husband, is that what you envision for her on her judgment day to be able to say, I couldn't do anything. I was so broken and so hurt that I was rendered useless. I, mean, I don't think any of you want that for your wives. Yeah. yeah. You're talking about some of the, the middle stages of recovery. Uh, we talked about the, the, the very beginning of our recovery when we kind of tabled the issue and we weren't, we weren't willing to, to face it head on. And then as we started to really face our recovery head on, uh, there reaches a point where the lady stops tap dancing around the issue. And if she's been hurt, she's feeling comfortable that you're not going to walk out the door anymore yeah. because now you've given a little bit of sense of sobriety and you're, you're, you're doing some of the, some of the correct behaviors and she's not uh, worried about you leaving. And can I challenge that's actually a good thing. Oh yeah, She should be testing you by all means. She should be testing you. That's where safety comes in. That's where trust gets rebuilt. And it might not always come across as beautiful and graceful, and it might come across as attacking. And why are you telling me this again? Your response, though, is what's going past the test or not. If it becomes a flippant, it doesn't matter. We're already past that. We've already been there, done that. I don't need to apologize. If any response like that, let me just tell, tell you, you failed the test. You absolutely failed the test. And I'm not saying you're going to stay right where you are. I'm saying it's going to set you both back. You just took the us, any us that you, that had been uh, restored, and you fractured it. Yeah. I mean, that is the, you learned the hard way, <laughs> didn't you, honey? And, and it was a few times where I'd yeah. say, I'm really struggling with this again. And he, he would even give me this look like, Ugh. he wouldn't even have to say the words. He just like, really, we're doing this again? I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. And then that just, I mean, that blew everything up. Yeah. I, then it's not no longer about the issue. It's about your insensitivity. Yeah. yeah. Men you are going to have that feeling oh, are we here again do i have to talk about this again do i have to answer this question again that that is coming if you're not there yet it's coming if you're there now you know it and if you're through that then you remember it okay and the consistency that you demonstrated and the patience that you demonstrated to me is what what expedited my healing process i didn't get stuck I work with women who are stuck and all I have to do is look at their husbands and just spend 10 minutes watching them together and I can see why they're stuck because he isn't loving her the way Christ designed and she is craving it and so she's fighting back she looks like she's the bad guy going all crazy and ballistic and and and, and insecure and bitter but it's because she's not getting what she needs from you that's a cry out for help the, the testing it's a cry out for to see that consistency to see that you are being sincere so if i asked him 108 times um well you, you know why why did you look that way or why did you or what happened in the past and he responded again with kindness and he says christina i'm so sorry that my past pain has triggered you and that we are going back there what can i do to help you and he answers the questions consistently and with patience and love and not like this is the 108th time already. And guess what? It, it, the number gets smaller. And now we're at a place now because he gave me that consistency where I do feel safe again, where I do trust, have trust in him. I'm never going to fully 100% trust him. That goes to the Lord, which is where it's supposed to go. But I trust the us and trust our future moving forward. Um, we got there because of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really want to anchor for a moment on what she just said about never being able to regain that full trust. 
that's not a bad thing, man. And some of us think to ourselves, like, how do I get her to trust me again? I'm not sure that she ever should trust you again. And here's why, because you're a fractured human. You are the, the Ephesians 2 child of wrath. And outside of Christ, you have no capability within yourself to offer her anything worthy of a pedestal. You will crumble under that pressure every time. And so when she places her full trust in Christ, it allows you the opportunity to navigate this relationship, this redeemed relationship with a sense of abandon. You don't have to worry about the eggshells and them getting stuck on the bottom of your foot as you try and walk on them. Okay? Now you're not gonna turn into a Godzilla trampling haphazardly through a small Japanese fishing village. You'll never do that again. You did that once already, figuratively. Whenever you did all your junk sexual sin-wise, okay, you trudged through her whole existence. You don't want that to happen anymore. And that's the Holy Spirit nudging you along that good, godly conviction guilt route. That's not satanic condemnation. That's just, that's the Lord telling you, try it my way. You did it your way one time. Just give it my way a shot. Okay, so as you go through that, don't worry about her trusting you again. You love Jesus, and he's going to in turn shine that light on her, and he's going to have you love her even more. And then you're going to learn how to love her the way she needs to be loved, because right now some of us are loving her the way we want to be loved. I used to love Aunt Christina by making her dinner and making her all these dishes that I knew that she loved to eat, not thinking to myself for one instant that I was actually feeding myself because I was, of course, you know, I got to eat those dinners too, but she didn't care so much about that. You know, she'd rather have just, just kind words. She'd rather have a nice little love letter on the pillow. And I'm still woefully inadequate at this kind of stuff, but at least there's a notion now that I'm trying to love her the way she wants to be loved, not the way I think she ought to be loved or the way I want to be loved. Yeah. That's good. If you are looking for, if you're here um, and you want to build intimacy in your relationship, then step one is realizing what, where is it lacking? Uh, where, where are you missing out? Why, you know, there's no oneness there. So you can't make her do anything. Um, but what can you do? Because right now she, she's, she doesn't know what to do. She's completely fractured. This is where you need to take the lead. She didn't ask for this. She's hurt. She's broken. She's barely keeping her head above water if you're in the early stages. Or maybe she's just barely tolerating you if you're in the later stages. Or maybe she's hated hates you and she's already moved out with the kids. I don't know where you are there. But if, if you're here, you're looking for intimacy. And so we need to talk about how do we get that intimacy? Mm -hmm. And what are women looking for? And that's why I'm here. Because I, I can help tell you guys what will help her. Because I've spoken to your wives. I know where their hurts are. I know where their concerns are. I know what they are craving and starving for. And that's what we want to talk about. So men, if you're on a computer, you probably are. You might be on a phone. You might be on an iPad or whatever. Um, if you can get over to ESV, okay, that's English Standard Version.org, ESV, Echo Sierra Victor.org. Uh, to look at an ESV Bible. We're going to go to Song of Solomon. If you can't get over to it, don't worry about it. You can just listen to my words, but it's much better if you have a visual in front of you. We're not going to read the whole book. We're going to look at Song of Solomon. And as we look at it, you're going to continue to see about what God's idea for a good earthly monogamous marriage looks like. All the way from meeting to courting, uh, there's selection, there's the wedding day, there is the wedding bed, the marriage bed that night. There had a fight, had to continue to woo her, had to come back together after relationships 
after the relationship has been fractured. I mean, it is all right here. And when you look at it through the ESV, it tells you he, she, others. It, it gives you almost like this, it looks like a play and everybody's part is well spelled out. This is the godly ideal for a relationship and a marriage. Now, some of y'all are probably sitting back thinking like, yeah, but Solomon had, I don't know, hundreds of concubines, hundreds of wives and all that stuff. Yeah, it didn't work out too well. Keep reading. <laughs> yeah, keep reading that. Think about Jacob and his wives. Think about Abraham and his wives. None of that stuff ever worked out. It's one man, one woman, one life. And probably all the brothers here can think, yep, that's exactly right. And you may have messed it up, but there's good news. Back in Ephesians, we read 2, verse 3. 2 verse 4 says, but God, rich in mercy. So there is hope for every single one of us. It doesn't matter if we've gooned it up. We have an opportunity to get it right moving ahead. Very rarely does Jesus ever look at someone and say, yeah, but you were all jacked up before I met you. Jesus always says, all right, go, sin no more. Pick up your mat, man in Bethesda, that I just healed. Pick that mat up, that stinky, smelly mat. Take it with you. Okay. This is the recipe, Song of Solomon. And it's all throughout the book. We don't have to guess anymore. We don't have to think to ourselves, like, how should I be treating her? It, it, it's right here. Now, some of it is some very floral language. It talks about she's like a flock of goats. Her teeth are all, you know, disregard that, guys. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. How are you going to make her feel like the only woman on the planet that has your eye? And I'm talking about physically, virtually, visually, emotionally, and yes, spiritually. If you're a man of the cloth and you're out there, and you're, you're communing with other women through the word spiritually, that can build a connection that may not be healthy for your, your relationship with your wife. So be careful about your spiritual intimacy. It should just be with her. Okay. She's got to feel like the only woman that, that, that's in your life, period. One thing that helped us tremendously up until um, before the affairs, um, before the sexual sin and the acting out, um, he had never read scripture to me before out loud, like over me. Uh, and that was very, very intimate and very healing for me when he started taking the word and at night reading Psalms or, or songs of Solomon, or, uh, you know, he would just open up and just, he would ask, can I read this to you guys? If you want to build intimacy, start with the spiritual. And, and if you don't know where to start and you don't know what to read, Lamar just gave you Songs of Solomon, start there. It'll make her blush. It'll make you blush. It's beautiful. And then pray. The prayer is so, so powerful to a woman's healing. To hear you speak over her is medicine that she desperately, desperately craves. And if you don't know what to pray for, it's, it's as simple as, hey, honey, how can I pray for you? And then she's going to say, I'm just, I'm feeling, I'm feeling ugly. I'm feeling fat. I'm feeling not good enough. And you just repeat, dear God, please help my wife know she is not ugly. She is not fat and she is enough. Amen. That's simple. You don't have to get fluffy and add your own stuff and worry that you're going to say something wrong. Use her words exact words and just add dear lord and amen and a lot of sincerity behind it huge absolutely huge yeah. mm. amen so one of my brothers out there just sent me a, a personal chat and uh thank you so much troy um and just to remind people man, there are so many great gospel assets out there 
Um, the Church of 1122 is one of our favorite pastors, a gentleman named Joby Martin, and his, his whole staff is incredible. So if you don't get him, don't worry, they're all good. They did a long ser sermon series on Song of Solomon. And so that's COE22, Charlie Oscar Echo 22. You go to that website, you'll find all that good stuff on Song of Solomon. It is taught, it's funny, but it's also very serious about a man's responsibility. And so, and that's the good news here, guys. I want to implore you, you know, don't push all the brunt of recovery onto your wife, especially if you're doing better. You will outrun her in recovery because she's shattered. You basically did a data dump on her, shot her all full of holes, and then walked away because you feel a lot better. You're, you finally come clean because she's the one that's going to need a CPR and you got to give it to her. One of the greatest gifts that you can give your spouse is uh, safeguards, uh, not just for yourself, but for your marriage too, because you just burnt down your city and now you are rebuilding your city. What are those stones going to look like? And what does each stone look like? It's putting something safe in place. Uh, and, and that requires you to go back and look what tempted you before, what steps led you to the edge of the cliff? What things do you struggle with? We're talking again about transparency. This is where you need to tell your wife, it's not a good idea for me to go to the beach for a season. It's not a, it's, it's probably not a good idea if I drink alcohol because that's when I made bad decisions and I shouldn't drink alcohol away from you. Maybe it's, um, I shouldn't um, be staying at a hotel room with myself and I should always have a buddy or um, one of our kids go, go with us because that's when I acted out and masturbated. You know, whatever that looks like, it's it's being open and honest with them and at first you're going to think oh she's she's going to hate me for this you know what her initial reaction might be well well why is this such a struggle but then she's going to appreciate it let me assure you with time because she's going to see you value not just your sobriety you want to protect her too and that is huge for a woman to see it's not fun for me to say okay lamar what i need you to do is i need you to put blockers on your phone and then i need you to put a tracker in the car and then i need you to make sure you do this 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 and this i've just created another child and i'll say it over and over and over again i don't want to have sex with a child not doing it not doing it this is my husband we are one so he should be gifting me with those safeguards to help me feel safe that i can that i um, and valued, and I'm special, and I'm now worth protecting. Not his secrets, not his sin, but me and the us. Mm -hmm. Man, you, you've probably heard me say it before, but if you really want a great exercise, you don't have a starting point, you don't know really what to do on how to give her these gifts of behaviors and stuff that you're going to commit to, um, just, hey, sit down and count the costs. Count the costs of what, what everything, how it all went down, what it costs her, what it costs the kids, what it costs you. Um, and then from that, you can start to glean some of these triggers and reminders that she can experience in any given day. And as you think about the behaviors that are going to address the cost and any possible trigger reminder, you're going to realize, oh my goodness, there's a whole different way of doing business that I can undertake in my life to make her feel more safe. And that's what you're after. And so this leads into our first question. By the way, guys, there's a question and answer functionality down at the bottom of your screen. Uh, it looks like a little message box and it says Q&A. Um, so just grab a look there. We see all the Q&As. We may not see everything in the chat. So if we don't get to your chat, we'll address that later uh, once the meeting's over. But Q&A, we want to try to get those all in during the meeting. So this is for my good buddy, uh, Matt. 
This is 740 days of sobriety, fighting the fight every day, but still no physical intimacy. So I'm, I'm just doing the quick math. I'm carrying the one, doing some borrowing from the five spot. That's a little over two years, mm-hmm. okay, since he started this as sobriety. How do I help my wife up to being willing to be intimate, even though I die who broke her heart in such an unfaithful way? So thank you for owning it. That's a big deal. And so let me encourage you, man. Physical intimacy is not the end-all be-all. So we put it first in, in this world now. And, and I, I know this brother, and he is well aware of this. But in the past, some of us have said, okay, physical intimacy is going to be upfront. Are we compatible? Uh, is this going to be fun? You know, do we, man, you fit with so many different people. It ain't even funny. Okay. You're compatible with so many different people. It's not even funny. Okay. Are you going to make the one that you're with feel safe enough to be eternally compatible with you? And so start with the spiritual piece, I believe. And it, it was a very foreign thing to me to open up that Bible, open up those studies and start reading start praying over my wife and I still struggle guys. We don't, I don't have this nailed down. Okay. It's not my nature to just walk up and say, can I pray for you right now? Every morning at five 15 in the morning, it's not. And, and I'm, and I'm working on it, but she, I think she knows my heart. And so that, that spiritual intimacy is, is so paramountly important. And that's going to pour into some emotional intimacy as she starts to feel safe. So spiritual intimacy, it gets in every part of your life. Some guys only want to talk about lows and highs in, in sexual recovery groups because they think it's got to be sexual recovery oriented. Man, it is all tied together. You used to be a very fragmented, walled off, stovepiped, categorized, in a box human. There was the work you, there was the, the husband you, the dad you, the, the commuting you, the church you, all these different yous. And none of them can really be underneath Christ's umbrella in that regard, because there's so many different ones of you. When you put all of you and you're a fully integrated man, there's only one you, that's when it can all change. And that's when she can see that nonstop safety. And that only comes through your personal spiritual intimacy with Jesus. And then as you build a spiritual intimacy together through him, that's going to overflow into emotional. And then through that emotional overflow, that's when you get the good godly physical intimacy because she's safe she is the only woman in your life. Yeah. If your wife is struggling uh, with the desire to be physical, which I was there too, uh, because I was fearful that every time we went to bed together that he was thinking of other women in order to have an orgasm. I was thinking that, um, you know, my, my train of thought, the women that he lusted after, I can't compete with them. And so that really kills the mood. And so I didn't want to be physically intimate. And then it became, well, I don't want to give myself to him fully because then he's going to think everything he did was okay. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, that's what women struggle with. That is the battle that if they give themselves fully to you, you can hurt them again. So if your wives are still struggling, it's because they still don't feel safe. And, and like we said, it's not about being trustworthy, 100% trustworthy. That's not, it's safety. She is, she, she is looking to feel more safe. She's looking to feel that you, that she matters most. And then the challenge is become the spouse that you want. You know, if you're looking for attention, give her attention, shower her with attention, study her, know her, ask, like I said, daily ask how you can pray for her, send her texts during the day, encouraging her. And don't expect anything in return. That's the kicker. 
don't expect, well, I made her dinner, so she needs to make me breakfast. Or I, I, I sent a nice sweet text to her, but she didn't respond. No, the, the us, that usness is the strongest when there is no scoreboard and you, you just pour into her and you just you just study her and love her and and adore her and encourage her to get into group too because if she doesn't have sisters that are also struggling with this that also have a goal it's got to be safe community also have it be their goal to be one with you and if she's hearing from the wrong people a, a bad counselor that uh you know you you don't you deserve better and you know he's never going to change if he, she's hearing that it's going to be very hard to connect so helping her make sure that she is she is getting the the right she is in the right place and be aware of the resources that you're using that's one thing that um, i really am proud of uh, with what we have here is at soul refiner everything we have is rooted in the gospel and that's what i want that's what i wanted to heal i want to know what does the bible say and and that's what i want to live out i mean i'm sure there's some fantastic resources out there five steps to communications, this great love language, this is your type, this is, but none of that matters. All of that eventually comes shattering um, and just and crumbles apart. But this, this stands for all time. It, it never fades, it never dies. Um, this is the truth. So to, to be able to get into recovery and do recovery with her. There are some great recovery options. Recovery can be fun. That's what we were talking about this morning. We laugh, we have a good time. That is one of the biggest intimacy connectors is when we get in a fun group. We did a group with Troy and Tracy. Love working with them. They're fabulous. Get in line to get in one of their groups. Um, they, it, it's enjoyable. You can laugh, you can have a good time. You can build that community and be able to make fun of your past mistakes and make light of that past sin. We almost get to the point, okay, we do get to the point here at work where we're completely inappropriate making jokes and laughing at one another. But that is, that's the picture of recovery. It doesn't have to be a gloom and doom death march. Oh, that's horrible. I, I, I don't want that for anyone. I mean, that is just terrible. And that's why you got to have some lighthearted things too, right, Lamar? Oh, I mean, amen. I mean, like you have that toolkit there right yeah. beside you. That's fun. I mean, this is something fun and lighthearted. Maybe you've had too much seriousness. Maybe you've had too much, um, you know, counselors and you got to have this and this and this. Maybe what you need right now is just a little more fun. Maybe, and you don't know where to start. This thing is loaded. I mean, this is, I mean, I'm going to tell you, sneak peek, there's a blindfold in here. So this is PG-13, some of these activities, but it's health, but what you don't go straight for the blindfold in the kit, especially if your wife is hurting, but there are some fantastic resources in here that are going to help you with the spiritual connection, help you with the emotional connection. And then like Lamar said, out of that overflow, it's going to give you a rich and beautiful sexual connection too, which we all desire, yeah. even your wives. She might not say it, but she does. She does desire that oneness with you. Yeah. And, and rework in your brain what, what you think is healthy sexuality, because it may not be all that stuff that's been corroding us for so many years, so many decades. It's probably not. When it's just you and her, that's healthy sexuality. When you don't have those other interferences, when you don't have those other notions, those old ideas of what it should be, that's when it's healthy. And, and this is where I really want to go. I, I got a very specific verse here in Solomon where we start. Solomon, Song of Solomon 4, 9. Okay. You have captivated my heart, sister, my bride. You have captivated my heart with one glance of your eyes. So if you can imagine that, 
with one jewel of your necklace, how beautiful is your love, my sister, my bride, how much better is your love than wine? We don't really have to go on too much. I mean, I'm getting all flustered. I'm glad she's getting flustered. We're I going- am. That's really beautiful. I mean, it does something to a woman's heart. I'm serious. I mean, it's beautiful, Lamar. So, so read that. Start there. Start talking about how do we get to this relationship. And guys, let me let me put you at ease here. It may not work. And I know I say I put you at ease, but I think that's where you have to be until you recognize that she has every right at any point, any day, even if you're doing all the right things to get up and walk out. And maybe you're putting too much pressure on her. I believe when you let her off the hook, that's when she's free to fully give herself over. And letting her off the hook, I think you need to paint that picture because we've been there where um, Lamar has just gone to this place where I'm just not going to bother asking what's wrong because clearly there's something wrong. And it's just easier for me to not ask if something's wrong. So we're just going, that's not what Lamar is saying. That is not, I mean, if anything, that is just going to take that wound and it's just going to rip it open even further and it's going to cause an even greater chasm between the two of you. Letting her off the hook is you being vulnerable enough as a man in recovery to really explore what's bothering her, to be ready for whatever she says, to be ready for her to say, I don't know if we'll ever have sex again. And to understand that he is enough. God is sufficient. Jesus will be enough for you. But we are called to love this woman. And her response has nothing to do with our obedience. I completely agree. I experienced so much freedom, man. The day Lamar, it was the first night we saw Conquer Series. It was our last ditch effort to save our marriage. Um, I had one foot out the door. I was finally getting to a place where God was telling me to leave. He had just come off a ton more secrets. Hadn't come off them. I actually discovered them. And he finally admitted some, some, and this was our last ditch effort for our marriage. So he spent uh, an hour with the men watching Conquer Series. I spent an hour with the women watching Conquer Series. And then we came back to de- together for a couple's time, which is a beautiful way to do, to do recovery. And when I saw him before we got to the couple's time, he looked at me and said, I messed this up. I absolutely messed up our marriage. And it was the first time he'd been with a group of men and had shared everything and realized he wasn't alone. And so he came to me and he said, you have every right to leave me, just like your wives do. They have every right to leave you. But I am choosing health. I'm choosing health for my relationship with God. I'm choosing health for my children. I'm choosing health even for you if you don't stay. But that's where I'm going to be. I'm going to be in recovery. That was freeing men for me to hear that. Because now all of a sudden, that's the hook you're talking about. It's no longer my responsibility. I don't have to babysit him. He's telling me I am going to take responsibility for what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be getting into groups. I'm going to be getting in the word. And whatever you do, I mean, I pray that you're going to come back to me and that this does work, but I have to trust God with you, just like your wife has to trust God with you. We have to both surrender each other to the foot of the cross. That's it, man. And so um, I, I do thank um, the folks that have put a lot of stuff in the chat. Some guys come to these meetings just for the chat because they know they can catch the recording at a different time. The chats don't get recorded. And so that they get to really connect with other guys all over the world, as we're now seeing uh, just in the chat box. 
And so I also appreciate the question from you, Matt. Thank you so much for the formal Q&A. If we did not get to something you wanted us to address from the chat um, during the meeting here, I apologize and we will get back to you uh, within a business day. Um, now that business day may be Tuesday next week because we're going away for the weekend. Our 24th anniversary is on Monday. So we've got a, a place lined up in Orlando, a couple hours away from here. And we're gonna go spend some time together. It's a little bit chilly for Florida standards. So it won't be in the pool, it'll be in the hot tub. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited. I'm all about that. So, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. I love what, um, can we share what I just saw? I think it was Ted said, let me see right here. Um, I love this. God always wants what is spiritually best for us. Amen and amen. <laughs> I love that. That's why you cannot go wrong if you start there first. It just start at the foot of the cross, invite your wife to the altar or to the cross, to the foot of the cross, or just on your knees by your bed. Start there and pray over the bed before you go to bed at night. Ask her, are you struggling with nightmares? Are you struggling with ruminating thoughts? What are you struggling with? How can I pray for you? That's another thing Lamar did. Before he went to bed, he prayed over my brain because I struggle with terrible nightmares. And that, I mean, it was just so powerful when he did that. Um, the spiritual connection is so interesting that when we go a period of time without being intimate, um, that we can always appeal it to being, when was the last time we were in the word together? When was the last time we prayed for one another? And that's where the disconnect usually is. Yeah. The majority of the time, isn't it? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah we're, we're blessed now. We ride back and forth to work together. And we, we have a great opportunity every day to, to connect via um, some podcasts and then to really pray over each other right before we pull into the office parking lot and then to talk about the day on the way home. So we're incredibly blessed in that regard. Um, seek out your blessings. Yeah. Seek out where you are blessed. And it may be turning the TV off, forgetting about the football games this weekend, whatever that looks like. Yeah, Valentine's Day, like Lamar said, it's right around the corner. So get ahead of it. If you mess things up Christmas time, or if you mess things up today, or if you mess things up last Valentine's Day, it, it doesn't matter. Redefine this one and start now. And so what does that look like? What steps can you take now to show her that you want to restore that intimacy? Because it really does start with you. And so take the reins to recovery. Ask her, what can I do to make you feel safe? What will help you when I go on this trip? Um, whatever, and these are the things I think will help me. But would you like to add to this list? Beautiful gift you can give her to build intimacy. Ask her to watch one of these messages with you. We did one earlier today. We invite you to go watch that with your wife. Take the reins of recovery. Find the counselor if you need it. Get into a stronger group. You take the rein. Get online and order. I mean, we have, and this is not a sales pitch. I'm, all, I'm not a sales. I couldn't even sell Girl Scout cookies, Lamar. I can't. I couldn't. I couldn't sell, sell myself out of a plastic brown bag. No, that's not it. Close enough. Sell waterfront property to someone in Idaho. I don't know, whatever it is. <laughs> I don't know, uh, but I, I could, I'm not a salesperson. But this toolkit is fantastic. The work has been done for you. The guesswork is done at, we're gonna be taking this with us for our weekend this weekend. And we're gonna be talking about it again in February. So surprise her and get one of these toolkits and, and let her pick and choose if you know, she's feeling a little bit scared about intimacy and she feels like this might be manipulating, let her go through it. Let her pick the activities. I guarantee you she'll gravitate to the, towards those emotional ones and those um, spiritual ones that build connection. And then with time, you'll be using that blindfold and having fun physically too. Amen, mm. amen, amen. If Christ is at the center of this, there is nothing but hope ahead of you. Um, the gentleman that speaks at the Church of 1122, 
uh, Pastor Joby Martin, he's got a, a, a bedrock saying of his, and he says, if the tomb is empty, then anything is possible. And it's so true. It is never too far gone for him. And so I just want to encourage you all to see some of the, some of the uh, chats here. And, and I, I love you men way more than you know. And I can't wait for next month to hear about some of the victories here. I can't wait for next month to hear about some of the stuff where we fell short too. And so thank you for all the well wishes for our anniversary. I'm going to go ahead and pray us out and we'll be on our way. Uh, what a pleasure. What an honor to walk alongside y'all. Thank you. Lord, thank you so much for these men. God, thank you for their incredibly inordinately graceful, merciful, and forgiving wives. Uh, we know that grace and mercy and forgiveness that they can exhibit as hurt uh, spouses can only come from you. And just the scandalous, ridiculous grace and mercy and forgiveness that you offer us by your finished work on the cross. We don't have to add anything to it. We don't have to think that our sin is special. You knew what we were going to do, and you did it anyway. And it was for us. And so, God, we, we, we take that identity as adopted heirs to your kingdom. And then we channel that for goodness to love, to truly big L love the way you loved us. We want to big L love those people around us that we may have hurt in the past. And God, we only know to do that through your word and through you. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen.